Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Coco Indulge Podcast. We are on a roll, listener. Look how many podcasts we're doing consecutively. <laughs> After going three months without doing any at all. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalton. And we've got an action-packed double header for you here, listener. Wow. What are we talking about in this episode of the podcast, Coco? So today we are reviewing two separate true crime documentaries that were recently released on Netflix. One is just under two hours. It's one documentary. It's called The Tinder Swindler. The other is a three-part docu-series called The Puppet Master. So The Tinder Swindler is uh, kind of exactly what the title (laughs) makes it out to be. There was a man named Simon Leviev who conned... He swindled people on Tinder. Yeah, he would meet ladies on dating apps and then take them for a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, The documentary, he refused to participate in the documentary, but... The documentary filmmakers interviewed three separate women who he took for hundreds of thousands of dollars each. And he pretended to be like a high-end diamond, uh, I don't know, dealer. Yeah, like he pretended he had a lot of money already. Apparently there's an actual Israeli diamond broker named Lev Levayev who's a billionaire. And he pretended to be that guy's son mm-hmm. and dummied up Instagram accounts showing him on private jets and mm-hmm. all this stuff to lay the groundwork so that people would believe he was who he said he was when really it was basically like a Ponzi scheme and one girlfriend was currently subsidizing his lifestyle with the next girlfriend and it was really, really mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. The second documentary, a three-part docuseries, two 50-minute episodes, one 30-minute episode called The Puppet Master. It's about a con man in the UK named Robert Freegard. That was one of many names he went by. Mm -hmm. He somehow managed to convince people that he's an MI5 agent. And (laughs) because, you know, when you're a spook, you go around telling people. (laughs) That's the the surest sign that he's telling the truth. (laughs) And by the way, I'm a secret agent, but don't tell anybody. Right. Intelligence agents tend to be, you know, loose with that information. Go around talking. Yeah, exactly. But somehow he managed to convince people that's what he is and he would take them for money but there was also like some psychological torture um there was he was convicted of like kidnapping and false imprisonment unfortunately his conviction happened to be overturned and he went straight back out and found another victim so this is kind of the bare bones he began operating as far as we are aware in the early 90s uh the documentary filmmakers for this series also talked to a couple kids whose mom is currently at large with this guy. Uh, they also talked to a lady who was pretty much held hostage by this guy for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of, we're definitely going to get into more of like the nuts and bolts of the stories, but this is kind of hitting the high ground for both of them. And the reason we're doing them both in the same episode is because they're very similar in terms right. of uh, a Machiavellian kind of guy at the, at the center of these situations. Misrepresenting himself. Misrepresenting himself and taking advantage of people and that sort Making of thing. them believe that either he is in danger or they are in danger or both. Right. And that's how he's able to con them. And some psychological abuse, like right. you mentioned, in some form or another. So they seemed like a natural fit to see what kind of job the filmmakers did, the documentarians did on each one of these. Now, the Tinder swindler, which I'm never going to say that again because (laughs) I actually was able to do it this time, uh, 
it's getting a lot of buzz right now. Right. Uh, the guy who's uh, the subject of the controversy at the center of this, the Leviev guy, he's saying, it's not me. I didn't do it. I'm innocent, let me tell you. So he's in the news right now as we as we do this podcast. Um, but the fact remains that a lot of this stuff that was done in the documentary is it's presented very straightforward and very much from the victim's point of view. And but it seems like it's pretty legitimate to me. I mean, all three of the women they talk to have hundreds of pages of WhatsApp texts mm-hmm. and voice memos. Mm-hmm. This guy was also convicted in Finland of swindling three other women. So this is at least six women that we're aware of. That... So he's a Finland Tinder swindler. <laughs> fin- uh, Finder. Fin- yeah, t- yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah. That's too much of a tongue twister. <laughs> and the thing is with the women, they all had the exact same texts. So he yeah. was sending, he was copying, pasting in his, <laughs> right, in his uh, misrepresentation, and sending the same text to the different women, and it was just, it was just a horrible, horrible story. I felt the main woman they interviewed. She's Norwegian. She was living, or she still is living in London. Her name is Cecilia. I felt so horrible for her because yeah, you can be like, well, there's holes in his story. Why does he need you to do this? Why mm-hmm. doesn't he do that? But like, somebody. Daltz read some review that said he conned desperate women. These women weren't desperate. They were desperate to help him because they thought he was in danger. And when all three of them were describing the initial relationship, you know, their faces lit up and, Mm -hmm. you know, they were like, oh, I was so in love with him and I thought we had a future and I thought we were going to have babies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that feeling that everybody has felt or wants to feel, you know, love. And then as I do every day stop and then it just went sideways and then they're like crying right. and it's like you know none of these women like deserved what happened to them and you you feel so completely horrible that and and let's and let's be clear too off the top is these women were not desperate in also the poverty sense like the other story right. that we're going to talk about the puppet master there was a lot of awful things that happened all over the board but the women here very attractive they were in social circ you know high end social circles they were on tinder they were dating they had, it looks like they had a lot of money to start with. And they or were- Or at least they were comfortable. They were very comfortable. They had good lifestyles. Right. And they, they could- They weren't they could, billionaires on private jets. No. But they were, you know- But they could front this guy $40,000 and they could take yeah. out loans for 25000 and they could do right. all that sort of stuff. They so, could live in London, which is like the most expensive city in the world right. to live in. You and, know? But it was, that was a kind of an interesting aspect to this story to me is that these people, these women were ta- completely taken advantage of and they, there's a very good- conclusion to make that they would have otherwise known better. You know what I mean? Like they weren't stupid. They weren't mm-hmm. people that didn't know about these kinds of things in life. Like sometimes you get these guys come into your life, like the puppet master, which uh, again, we'll talk about, but those guys were taken advantage of because they just trusted this guy and they didn't know any better. Whereas this was a situation of they fell in love with this guy and they really got attached to him and, and he seemed to be who he was. And you just never know. Like the, the bottom line of both of these series is that everything on the surface appeared to be really good and really honest and really true. Like he, the the, the guy in the, the Tinder swindler, 
he showed up in a Rolls Royce and he had a bodyguard and he was on private jets and he was taking these women all over the place. And so that seemed legitimate. It's like, why wouldn't you? It's not like some guy in his, his mother's basement saying, <laughs> can you send me a check for $12,000? Right. When you front this guy forty grand, you think he's going to be able to pay you back you because you sense, were just yeah. on a private jet that cost exactly that much. He's got know? all this high-end clothing on and like he, he was really he was really good at being a con man. Like he was he was outstanding. So it's it's a difficult situation to find yourself in and it's like the horror story who have, of anybody who's ever been on a dating service or dating site and i have i have been on some not tinder but i've been on some and you just never know what you're getting into because people can put this front up you can take pictures and photoshop them and do whatever you want all all like you want google reverse image search or whatever like right yeah <laughs> yeah like just all these things that you you don't want to be that person who's suspicious of everybody but this kind of reinforces to you in some ways, it's like, yeah, it's just if it's too good to be true, it usually is. I saw something on Twitter the other day that said, like, Gen X is out here happy that they got married and looking at Gen Z <laughs> dating and being like, man, we got the last chopper out of Nam because right. <laughs> look at the way it is now, you know? <laughs> this explains why you're still here. <laughs> this explains why Coco and Dolls are still together. Coco is, she missed the last chopper. Um, so what did you think of Tinder Swindler, the documentary, Coco? Like how it was presented and everything like that? I I liked it. They, they spent a long time talking to the first lady, mm-hmm. kind of laying the groundwork mm-hmm. for, you know, this guy like setting up like who he was and everything. Um, and I was just like, wow, were there any other... Like, I did read a little bit about it, but, like, not a ton. I just knew it was getting a lot of buzz. And I was like, is this the only lady he conned? Because they spent, like, a really long time on her. But, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't – not in a bad way. You know, it just – I had that same feeling, too. I was like, okay, this is a sad story. But I thought this was this was like a serial guy doing this. Yeah. And then as they did the slower reveals of the second woman, and then the third woman shows yeah. up, and I was like, boom, this is something else. And the third woman was like a firecracker. She was amazing. Yeah, she was hilarious. And I really liked her, and I liked. I don't want to give it away, but I liked how she dealt with this situation mm-hmm. when she learned that this guy was perhaps a swindler. And he's still trying to convince her to send him money, even after the jig is up. Like, well, and the and the the desperate uh, talk about desperate the desperate voice messages he was sending her right i'm going to come and get you and you know this is going to make the rest of your life desperate and then the next one was i'm sorry about the things i said and (laughs) could you just send me the money (laughs) (laughs) i i did enjoy cecilia she ended up going to the norwegian press Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. she wanted to get his name out there so he couldn't do this to anybody else and so they interviewed like three norwegian journalists Mm -hmm. Who and followed them too, and followed them as they went to Israel, and they tried to track this guy down, and they talked to his mom, and then there's like a stakeout outside a hotel in Munich when he meets up with another lady who's been victimized, you know, by him, and that part I thought was like actually really thrilling. Like I know that you and I are both journalism nerds, and nobody else is going to think that's thrilling. Like when they're just sitting here doing research, you know. Yeah, (laughs) I I like that too because it, it. so this, the beauty of these stories, I think, like the Tinder Swindler and the Puppet Master is us here in North America, we really don't hear a lot about these kinds of stories as they're going on. And so this recreation of start to finish of these kinds of stories on Netflix is really interesting because we come into it not really knowing much of it, anything, unless you've Googled it beforehand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's really a good way to do these kinds of series because if, if we had something similar in the United States 
we would have already known about right. it in some way, shape, or form along. Even though the world is a smaller place than it, than it used to be, um, we still don't really know these day-to-day kind of things. Like you can imagine the the stretch of time where all these things are happening, especially in the and the puppet master too was 20, 30 years right. of, of time in some ways. Mm-hmm. So. Watching these series, I really get a lot of I, I, I really get a lot out of them because you come into it not knowing anything. So, in other words, there's no spoilers for me. I, mm-hmm. You don't care about the spoilers, but I like <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen because that was why that third woman woman came in there and then she brought this guy down. Yeah, it's like in record a lot scratch. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, oh wow, this is great, you know, redemption because mm-hmm. the other two women were really they had bonded and they come together, but they weren't really getting a lot of action. They weren't really getting a lot of you know. Mm-hmm. The authorities weren't helping them too much. That was one thing that did kill me is that the Norwegian lady did go to the cops Mm -hmm. and they were, she has clearly been taken for hundreds of thousands of dollars, which, spoiler alert, all these women are still paying off the debts that he incurred in their name, which is utter BS. I can't even believe that. That made me see so much red. Well, and and... Because this guy is so clever at doing what he did, he cr- committed all these crimes in various countries. So there's no way that the European Union is going to bond together and, <laughs> and get this guy. And the reason, you know, to spoil a little bit of it, the only reason he went to jail, it had nothing to do with these uh, these frauds that he was committing. It had more to do with a, uh, a fake passport. So in other words, these crimes that he committed against these women haven't really been punished. I wish there was some way they could take him to court to try to get restitution. Yeah. Because now he's he is coming out and denying all these allegations despite the overwhelming proof right. that this stuff all occurred and he's even signed with a talent agent in hopes of getting a podcast or hosting a dating show or writing a book and i'm like i hope this guy is like freaking blackballed from well somebody's gonna pick him up the entertainment industry i mean you know if joe rogan has a job then this guy is gonna get a job (laughs) but like i just these poor women everybody's got a podcast even we got a podcast like these poor women can't be like well hey you know maybe somebody signs them to do a podcast and then these women can take them to court and try to get some of their money back because i just i hate humanity so he's gonna run a dating (laughs) advice podcast this is the last person you should take dating advice from it's like oj simpson writing you know (laughs) He's going to have a podcast on murder investigation. <laughs> O.J. Right. Simpson, how to have a healthy marriage. You right. Know? <laughs> right. That's better. Yeah. Secrets to a healthy marriage by O.J. Simpson. Right. So uh, let's talk about the Puppet Master a little bit. Um, yes. What were your thoughts on the Puppet Master? I enjoyed this one. I, I like Tinder Swindler very much. See, that's like the third time you've said that and you haven't tripped over. I'm just, I'm challenging myself now. Oh, okay. I'm like on the edge. <laughs> I'm living on the edge here. Uh, whereas the Puppet Master... Uh, that seemed more like a traditional uh, thrilling documentary to me. So the first one was interesting. It was good. But like you said, it was because it was largely from that one woman's perspective for the first, I don't know, like two thirds hour. of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was intensely just her. And I liked her character. She was interesting. She was very compelling, very good on camera, etc. So it wasn't like that. But this one, the, the puppet master was more of a traditional, what the heck is this? Like, <laughs> There's an M, the guy pre- pretends to be an MI5 agent in this bar, and like, and then the poor kid believes him, <laughs> right. and then the next thing you know, they're like ten years later, they're ruined, their lives are ruined because right. he believed that they, they, it just, and and I was, and they were talking to all the principals involved, so you know the people were still around and they were still alive, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, you're like, wow, what is what's going on here? So what, 
tell us a little bit more about what you thought, uh, Coco, around this one. Oh, wow. Well, I thought, um, I definitely didn't think that it was drawn out. Like, I know that right. you, like, it, it seems like just under two hours was, like, pretty good for the Tinder swindler, mm-hmm. um, which I believe Netflix is now going to make into either a movie or a series based on the documentary. <laughs> of course they are. Um, this one, uh, like I said, it was three episodes. I felt like that was pretty pretty good because there was just so much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to go into. I mean, like Dalt said, this guy has been operating for like 30 years now, at least, that we know of because mm-hmm. the first people he told he was an MI5 that we we're aware of was in like 93. Wow. So there was... And there was stuff they didn't even get into mm-hmm. because when they finally arrested this guy and went to his hotel room in France, mm-hmm. they found multiple passports and money from other victims. So we don't even know mm-hmm. all the all the stuff this guy has done. At least they didn't delve into that in this documentary. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like the length of it was right on. They did jump back and forth between uh, the people in 93. And then after he his conviction was overturned around 2010, he immediately found another lady to prey on. So they did jump in, uh, back and forth between those two timelines. I didn't feel that was hard to follow. No. Um, they did it really well. Even it wasn't like The Serpent or whatever it was, that that show that we watched. It was a... It was a different idea, but man, yeah. the, the back and forth there was so hard to follow. Yeah, totally. Um, the the victims in this were also extremely compelling. I did feel, mm-hmm. I, I felt sorry for all of them. I The two people I mostly felt sorry for were the children of the lady who yeah. is still missing with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, like they're teenagers yep. and their mom is just completely turning against them. Mm-hmm. Like they have to go live with their dad, like they disappear well they were driven know. they were each driven from the house like yeah they yeah. stayed with the mom uh-huh. and this guy comes in to live with them makes and then life he, difficult he just slowly drives them out of the house yeah. until he doesn't have any challenges and then he takes advantage of her and then when they disappear they go back into the house to sell it and now there's this like padlock the size of my head on her <laughs> bedroom door yeah. so yeah it was i i felt really bad for those kids i can't even imagine what i mean it would be bad enough to 10 years be basically held psychologically hostage by this mm-hmm. guy but you know children their mom is being slowly, had nothing to do with it yeah totally so what what uh what about you i liked it like i said i i thought it was i thought it was very well done it was heartbreaking in so many different ways right. um and again this is another one because it takes place in ireland and uh england uh, mainly in in london and, and area um and there's connections to the ira and there's all sorts of like you know, not there's a lot of gray area in this one, and these are things that you hear about tangentially over here in the United States. But um, it was still fascinating to have this thing completely reconstructed from beginning to present day, and just heartbreaking. Like the, these guys, like I just, I, I, they're they're psychopaths or they're sociopaths or there's something there that you just don't feel for other people. Like some, they're, they're ruining all these other people's lives and just don't right. care about it. It's just yeah. all about them, right? Mm-hmm. And it just, it just breaks my heart to, to see that, that people are still like that. There's still people like that out in the world. Right. And it was uh, just like it was fascinating in the Tinder swindler to see the journalists investigate mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. In the puppet master, the lady who was held hostage for 10 years, her father knew something was up, but he just didn't know exactly what. And he, she was in college, and he still paid her credit card bills, so he had this huge map of Great Britain mm-hmm. on his office wall, and he would track 
everywhere they went. So that's how he started getting leads on like where they were and stuff. So he could like go to the house, the last known house where they were at, and he could find like the script that she had actually used, like somebody had written it out for her, like their last phone call, you know, so that was... I can't imagine in like 95, you mm-hmm. know, there's no cell phones, right? you know, back then. There's no internet, really. Right. Like, I can't even imagine in 95, like, you just have to wait every month for the credit card bill to come. And oh. then, you know, okay, a push pin in Sheffield. All right. A push pin in Bristol. All right. Another push pin up in Leeds. Oh, you know, man. like, I can't even And he never that. gave up. Like, the dad no. was a sort of an old English farmer, and he was a tough guy. But he, and, and you wondered at certain points whether you should like this guy or not because he was like you know his daughter calls and she was clearly something was going on and he was like don't ever call here again because he was so frustrated and he got taken advantage of with the money but at the same time he never gave up Hmm. he still you know for the full 10 years his daughter was gone he kept trying to find her and everything like that and it's just complicated like real life characters real life people are complicated and no better example than these two uh, documentaries that we saw. And I felt bad for his daughter, too. Her name is Sarah. She, when they, so this guy, he tells the first kid at the pub, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm an MI5 agent. And there was (laughs) this intrigue with the IRA, and it's, I'm not going to get in the weeds with that, but he wanted them to go on the run from the IRA because they were in danger. Mm -hmm. But he... The guy he told he was MI5 couldn't tell his friends they were in danger from the IRA. So he made up this cover story about, I have cancer and I have a bucket list and I want to travel around and see places I haven't seen before. And once they've been on the road for a few weeks, that's when the cover story is finally blown and I'm MI5 and we're in danger from the IRA. And Sarah like gets out of the car and she's like, this is BS. How can you prove to us that you're MI5? Like mm-hmm. WTF about the IRA. And the guy is like, no, 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 just believe me. And he manages to talk her back into the car. And she says, that decision changed the next 10 years of my life. Wow. And I mean, it's, I can't even imagine like, you know, cause you read about stuff like that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. You know, oh, I, you know, did this instead of that. And now look where I'm at now, Mm -hmm. you know. And, like, I can't even imagine, like, looking back at that. Well, I decided to get back in the car. And because of that, 10 years later, you know, I'm estranged from my family. And my inheritance is blown on this guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So of these two, would you recommend one over the other? Or would you, they're very similar, but they're differently constructed as well. I, I would probably recommend the Tender Swindler over the Puppet Master, mm-hmm. um, but not not by much. I would I would rec- I would go the other way. I'd probably recommend the Puppet Master, but not by much over the Tinder Swindler. The Tinder Swindler has much more of an appeal, I think, to the American audience because it's about luxury and all these pretty people doing these fabulous things and going to raves and you know spending all this money on private jets and everything like that. Whereas the Puppet Master is more about like everyday. English people getting taken advantage of. Right. Even though there's that fascination with MI5 right. and the IRA and things like that, there's mm-hmm. that part of it. Um, but that's more like everyday people. So there's a contrast there, but I would, uh, I like I like the intrigue of the second one is like, what is going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the first one, it was kind of obvious what was happening, that he was taking advantage of them, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would recommend one over the other just a bit, but you recommended uh, the Swindler over the non-swindler. <laughs> I I will say 
if you don't want your faith in humanity to be destroyed, if you still have any left, don't watch either one. Right. Because there's no justice in yeah. either one. Yeah. Like, yeah, the tender swindler not paying off his debts. Mm-hmm. The puppet master, his conviction got overturned. He's he still was, out there. You know, he's still out there. Like, he basically got no punishment whatsoever for everything he did and it's just it's we've said heartbreaking many times in this episode and it is it's heartbreaking for both of them Mm -hmm. like and that's why neither one of us is ever going to be a con man because these utter strangers that we have zero connection to we feel so horrible for them that these things happen to them and yeah i just don't know how you could do that to another person i feel bad when i like don't empty the dryer. <laughs> I'm gonna leave my clothes in the dryer or something like that, and then you come along and use the dryer. Like that, I feel bad enough about that. You can imagine if I stole ten thousand of your ten thousand dollars from you, right? Like you know, somebody who doesn't have ten thousand dollars, you know, to give away. Like, oh, my enemies are tracking my credit card. I can't use my own credit card, so I need to use yours. Like, can't you up the? You know, can't you up the limit? Right. I'm at my five star hotel in Barcelona. I need. <laughs> so that's that's why we haven't been involved with any of these people because it's like can you can you get a, a credit card for me yeah sure i can get the limit up to about two thousand dollars <laughs> right How, uh, i can maybe go to three <laughs> i can pay for your new muffler and that's that's about it you know <laughs> and here's a coupon from, <laughs> right. from midas that we can apply twenty dollar oil change on special you know <laughs> so uh next time we do a podcast listener we're going to probably probably try to do something lighter yeah. Maybe do a comedy or something like that. What? I know. Or or maybe what? a dog show. We'll probably, Ooh, okay. probably do Hudson and Rex because yes. uh, Coco's all over the Hudson and Rex these days. Oh my God. Can we please do Hudson and Rex? Yeah. Like if they come back for season and f- season five, like. Maybe we'd have Hudson and Rex on the show. <gasps> have them on the podcast. Can we? Yeah. OMG. Because we could have Rex and he wouldn't. You know, he would just be like panting into the... The listener wouldn't know if Rex was in the room or not. <laughs> right, totally. He could be with us right now, as a matter of fact. That's true. I did. I told you I saw on their Instagram that apparently they have a life-size Rex stuffy. <laughs> so whenever they're doing faraway shots that aren't action shots, like Rex just is sitting there, they'll just use the stuffy as a stand-in so Rex can chill out in his trailer and I know what, <laughs> eat some uh, treats. <laughs> now I know what uh, Valentine's Day Santa is going to get you next year. Yes, life-size life the, Rex stuffy. The Rex stuffy. <laughs> Okay, we're going way over time here, so as usual. But we ended on a good note. We ended up on a dog note, so that's always good. Excellent. So thanks for joining us, listener. We know you have a choice. We appreciate you choosing us for another episode of the podcast. I'm not Coco. And I'm not dogs. Bye.